what is the difference between drawing on an iPad and drawing on a piece of paper, do you think? I like the idea of a thing that someone can have and someone yeah. wants to, to hold and to own and that won't ever need to be switched off. Do you think that digital reproduction makes the, the work less powerful? cook and stuff but if often someone says how did you make that I, I have no idea like how long was the heat, what, what heat was it on what how long how much amounts it had and how things go in and I feel that way a bit with with drawing <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh, welcome to uh, this third episode uh, in an audio project named the Wimbledon Warehouse of Art. If you're new to the series, the story is I have for a few weeks now been speaking with a number of resident artists in a warehouse just in South London near Wimbledon. And um, I once again have the pleasure of being joined by yet one more uh, artist in this beautiful place. And uh, without further ado, what I want to do is I want to get into her mind, understand who she is, what she does, and have a conversation about it all. So, let me introduce my guest, Georgia Kitty Harris. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm thinking, to kick it off proper, why don't you tell me a bit about yourself and how did you end up here in the Wimbledon Art Studios? Um, I ended up in Wimbledon Art Studios because I had a, another studio in Kingston that um, I was sharing with someone and it fell through and I, and I think someone just recommended it to me. Mm -hmm. And then I was sharing with someone downstairs just to be like, do I like this? And I'll share a space. And then I finally, one came up that was available. So this is the first studio that I've had that has been my own. Oh, cool. Which is very exciting. And how long have you been in the uh, in the warehouse what is oh, the time the, now? Oh, almost a year, I think. Okay. No, no, yeah, because I joined just after the last May art fair. Okay. And like I came to look around it, and and so the November art fair was my first one. Okay. And that was when I moved into this studio, so I haven't been around a very long time here. I actually would say, so this is a, a side note, but I think this is probably one of the coziest studios that I've seen so far. Polite way of saying the smallest. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, I know the, the windows that you got in the back, that light, I'd imagine people would get really quite jealous at. Um, yeah, it's very nice having windows because I think I think if I didn't see, see daylight, I'd lose some <laughs> manner of marbles. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you've been up for a little year, mm -hmm. uh, got a great little studio going on. Um, so I think the next one I'm interested in knowing is, is how did you get into this? Like, how, how did you start doing what you're doing? It's, some, it's sort of the other way around as in everyone does art when they're small and at some point other people stop and I just it never occurred to me to to do anything else <laughs> it's always what I sort of had what I always did and loved the most and was best at I think also what I got praised for the most okay so. yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. clung to that <laughs> that's quite nice I don't know it's, I've um, maybe it seems quite single minded it was just like a, yep this is what I do I'm really small I, so, so out of interest, if, if you look back, when did you actually, you know, fully go into this uh, head on? Like when, when would you say that you, um, you know, realized I need to go and, and maybe have my own art studio and produce it as a, as a, as a, as a thing? I 
think I haven't necessarily looked too far ahead ever. It was more like, so I did an art degree and then after graduating, I didn't particularly... I went straight on to do a master's and I think that might have been because I was terrified by the idea of <laughs> being um, a fully functional adult. And then it took a while after that. And then I, I got involved with a with a residency and I realised having my own space was really great. And then there wasn't a big moment of deciding. It kind of incrementally, it was more like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I've been, actually been doing it for a while. And it's, yeah, I quite like that thing of, it's again, going back to sort of like when you're little and you do yeah. a picture and you show it to someone, yeah. it's like, do you like my picture? It's kind of that. And I, then I started doing portraits as well. And it's just kind of trying to keep afloat, okay. really. So, so if you look at the... The, the work that you do now, we're sitting uh, surrounded by some of your pieces and I see a range of different, I wouldn't say scenarios, but at least motifs. And I'm curious to get your take on what, how come that this type of artwork uh, appeals to you? What drew you to this over, you know, oil and like, landscaping with <laughs> oil and pastels? Oh, uh, well, f- f- landscapes, I feel that involves being outside a lot, so that's... Um... <laughs> no wine. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of stuff that I've done has sort of come out of circumstance some of the time. So I, it's, I stopped drawing definitely for a while, and then sort of bit by bit I got back into it. And I think part of that's why a lot of it's very small and in books, because I was like, to, to get back into it, I thought, no one's going to see this, it's just in a book. Uh-huh. I can close it. It's sort of safe and it's secret. That's why some of these ones with the little book pages that are open. Yeah. I've had, I've sort of, I use the phrase, the, it's like artistic agoraphobia. Once I get onto one topic, I get yeah. a little bit obsessive and I go through phases. So there was like, there's a chimpanzee phase and then a human phase and then a spider monkey phase. And then, <laughs> and then finally, I think once I'd worked that out on my system, I plucked up the courage to go on to people. I think it was just different expressions. So if you take one of the, you know, just looking into that a bit more. So if you take one of the, say, um, the animal portraits, would you call it portrait? Animal? I guess I wouldn't say necessarily portrait because a portrait is of a specific person. Uh-huh. As in, I think there's a difference between a portrait and a drawing of a person. Yeah. In terms of its intention. Okay. Like I do portraits for people and that's supposed to be the person. It's supposed to look like that person and represent them as opposed to... So would you say yours is more towards a drawing of a person or animals? Yes. Okay. Although I haven't done many animals in a long time, except for the occasional pet portrait. Yeah. What's the I pet? I sometimes do. What's the pet? No, like other people's pets. Oh, I thought it was your pet. I got two cats. <laughs> no, oh, no, I'm sadly petless. But um, yeah, so I'd also do portraits of people and pets and stuff sort of on the side to actually sell things okay so it's sort of a sidekick <laughs> no it's not a sidekick it's really nice to do but it's it's a nice transaction to just do a small thing for someone yeah and it's like a little personal exchange which i like huh. so so if you look at some of your most recent work what mm. have you been focused on uh if you look back at just the, the last couple of months this side here is um the most recent stuff it actually started because a woman who came to the last wimbledon art fair um is working on a project it's to sort of I don't know about rebuild but restore Horton Chapel. There's a thing called the and I'm gonna get the facts wrong, I'm worried and someone's gonna hear me. But it's called the Epsom Cluster and yeah. it was five asylums in Epsom and I think they all 
by the end of like the 90s it all closed down. I think a lot of them have been renovated into different buildings, possibly for flats and sure, stuff. Sure, but sure. they're keeping the the chapel and they want to make it like a visitor centre and maybe have exhibitions and stuff. And I think we've been talking and I've been going into their archives and looking at patient records and that's what all of these small drawings are. They're from case books of patients huh. with all the nurses' notes and everything. And I think we're going to work towards, not quite sure how yet, but incorporating some of these into their permanent collection that they have at the chapel. These are all patients. They're from, I think one was Manor Hospital and another one is called St. Ebers, which is actually, it was at the time, what they called an epileptic colony because they called it epileptic insanity and such when people just unfortunately had epilepsy. And a lot of the time the photos were taken when they were admitted yeah, tell me about that because you must you must be drawn to it for some reason. And you said mug shirts earlier. Mm. So, what is the attraction to this type of subject matter? Well, maybe it doesn't apply so much to the mug shots, but especially these ones. I think there's an honesty to the people being photographed. I don't know how I feel about the people who are doing the photographing because ah. then I started reading lots about psychiatric photography, and that's a that wanders into incredibly unpleasant um, areas of why they were taking pictures. I think there was one man who thought he could take enough photos of different people suffering from different things and be able to make a composite photo of this is what someone with uh, this type of mental illness looks like. It turned out obviously he couldn't do that because it, <laughs> it doesn't work like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I like that in doing a sort of drawing of someone and taking away all like the extensive notes that are written about them and like height and all of that kind of stuff it kind of gives back a little bit of mystery to the people interesting so So can you talk me through that creative process a bit more i'm interested so where would you start a project i usually always start at the eyes i don't know i feel like i really wish i'd learned i wish i've been taught more about portraiture because i'm sure that there are things that i'm doing which aren't in some way correct but I try to get as much as what I can in the eyes and nose and mouth in and then try and build it out from there. I I like to cook and stuff, but if often mm. if someone says, how did you make that? I, I have no idea. Yeah. Like how long was the heat? What heat was it on? What? How long? How much amounts? Like, I don't know. Things go in. And I feel that way a bit with, with drawing. If you get swallowed so fully in your creation, how, how you know, when is something then finished? That is something I've always struggled with. That's why they're all at different stages of completion. I think something's usually finished when I'm quite impatient, and that's why I think I work a lot in a lot of small series. Usually one thing's finished when I want to start another one. <laughs> and also I think once I've got over the, the challenges of it, yeah. sometimes something's not working and like it's trying to like get it into where I need it to be. And sometimes... I've done that quite quickly and then I'm like, oh, that's enough. And sometimes it takes a really long time and those ones end up looking more finished because they've actually been a lot harder. What are you trying to get the the viewer to feel? Are you trying to express an emotion or what are you hoping that someone looking at your art feels and experiences? Oh, is it silent? Um, no, I honestly, I don't know if it sounds... Careless to say I don't know. I think I just want people to want to look at it. It's anything that can make someone just pause a little bit. But not in that kind of 
in a big showstopper way, but in like a way where you have to take one step in. I think that's why I quite like books or a series or something that's hard to take in all at once that makes you not necessarily stop and think about anything, but stop and think about wanting to look at it or maybe being maybe asking that question like why have you done this or who are these people or I don't know I quite like that it's all just images that people can all respond to completely differently yeah I don't know if that makes me sound like I've not thought it through I don't necessarily think that's the case uh, in terms of I, I just think it's an honest response <laughs> Like and and again the 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 other when I when I had similar questions to other artists they come with very very varying degrees of answer, um, you know I I've seen some people who does say you speaking a little bit about landscapes a moment ago, uh, if people are landscape artists one of the things they say well I wanna I wanna make the viewer feel the breeze in their hair and mm. and feel that they are in the location that it's portraying. Uh, whereas others is like, well, this is just an abstract uh, version of it. I just want them to, you know, look at it and and take away a sense of yeah, they can see that it's landscape, but they themselves go through the process of 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 whatever it means to them. Mm. Uh, so I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I was just curious. So I think this project has probably got been the the most motivation behind it is in terms of steering people towards a specific idea because of you know the people it's based on and yeah all of that kind of thing i always used to say about the idea of capturing someone and there's often you talk about how you take photos and images and you sort of like a weird sense of ownership and yeah. i feel like these are people that was sort of already captured <laughs> and I, I don't know it's something about making a drawing that seems to be undoing that in my head huh. i think one one other thing i just wanted to ask you on this one um before i move on um, if you look at the the you know the um, uh, the format that you use, so paper, pencil, uh, drawings, um, do you see what you're trying to to do with your drawings as commentary on, say, taking photos in our common day, you know, through iPhones, etc.? Is there any correlation between the ease of taking a snap on your iPhone versus drawing a, a a face of a person yeah definitely because a lot of what I do is really based on using digital images and then kind of taking the time to transfer it um, with a pencil so well I like pencil also because I don't usually use the pencil like a graphite pencil all of these ones here are colored pencil on biro uh-huh but in the archives, in their rooms, it's they have a big sign, pencils only, please. You're not allowed to bring any other mm -hmm. materials in there. So I thought, right, okay, that's fair enough. Rules are rules. But um, I wouldn't have been able to get so many images without taking a picture of the photo. So I, there's a photo there. I take a picture of it, bring it back here. And that's my reference to then draw it out. But then to show other people about it, I'd take a picture and it goes back in. So it's kind of like always everything's on a constant loop. It's a picture of a picture. Yeah, I drew a picture of a picture that I had to take a picture of the picture with. It's <laughs> it's one of those things. So it went from a... This, I think there's a sense of echoing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, when I see something like this and know it in a picture of a picture of a picture, it seems to be, a, yes, a, a cycle, but it, it seems an echo of something, of something, of something, which make it a little haunting, I think. Yeah. 
which is also makes it quite beautiful. Um, and then also these, a lot of these other ones, um, these aren't the original drawing. These are digital prints of them. So they've been scanned in and reproduced. Because otherwise, these ones, if I took apart the book, these double pages like that wouldn't exist. So... Do you think that digital reproduction um, makes the, the work less powerful? I don't. Um, I have a thing. Well, I did, I, so I did printmaking at the Royal College. And I think part of what I like about printmaking is that I very get very attached to my drawing. <laughs> I don't like to share, basically. So it's like, you can have one, I can have one. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But um, So you want to keep the originals? I mean, kind of. Well, just because they're all in a book and that book comes around with me. This one was in my pocket while I was in India for for ages and it's its own kind of little living thing for me. Yeah. Maybe that's quite childish. I'm trying to move away from that a little bit. I think some of these ones even I might frame by themselves in a bigger frame so they have space. So it's kind of like instead of being in a book with hundreds of other people. Yeah. Get your own room to breathe. Let's look around, you know, the, the work you're doing now. Um, do you see yourself, uh, you know, doing this, the same thing in a couple of years? So if we were to sit again for an interview in, say, five years, for example, mm -hmm. where, do you, where do you see your art in, with that horizon? I'm not sure, because to me, what I think of is I've made a big variation and a big new change in my art to to an outsider might not look like it. So it's like, for example, if the the one you're looking at there mm -hmm. is from like 2014, and then this book here is 2017, in mm -hmm. my head, it's, I think they're quite different, but actually they're still small drawings in, in A6 books. And then to me, I was like, oh, I've made a huge leap from using biro to pencil. So I don't know what kind of, I've moved at a very sort of snail's pace. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely have no idea. I just, I like art that I can take around with me. So usually all of these is the first time they've been pinned up. They've been in a little envelope in my bag and I like, I like to sort of hold things. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have to do with making art that I couldn't, you know, run away with in an event of a fire. If I right, <laughs> right, right, to. right, right, right. I can't imagine myself suddenly as doing big, bold paintings, although never say never. No, so so you know what with with that with that context, let me let me go into the to the other part of the the dialogue that I want to go in a little bit more depth on. So, we were talking about how you are you are using uh, the existing mediums. You are um, it's it's a process that's already developed a fair bit, but also you you've already worked with digital, you know, reproductions. So let's talk a little bit about this the digital realm for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm keen to just get your take on it. Um, you know, based on my own experience, I am personally very intrigued by how, um, you know, digital technologies are uh, becoming more and more um, uh, penetrating throughout our day to day uh, across pretty much any, 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 uh, any activity. You can almost see a digital uh, component down the line in, mm -hmm. in a couple of years. So based on, on your own understanding, you know, we're sitting right next to a Mac uh, piece of equipment. Um, where do you see the the world of technology potentially impacting the the art scene is there a convergence uh do you mean in terms of my own what i'll be doing or just because i yeah let's take that angle do you think it's going to impact your direct work 
to what you're doing now? I'm not sure because I think part of what I really enjoy is um is making something that is tangible. Not necessarily being like I I won't use a digital component to help me create it, but mm. I at the moment I'm still very much into the end result being a piece of paper or a thing or I like the idea of a thing that someone can have and someone yeah. want to to hold and to own and that won't ever need to be switched off yeah that you know won't go anywhere or get lost or yeah what could get lost but um, yeah yeah but... um I honestly don't know let me take a, another a question in that direction so let's say that it's the 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 medium stays what it is and you know you, you want something concrete you're gonna hold uh, I, I like that if you can't turn it off or on. I think that's a great, great way of looking at it. But do you just in 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 creative land? Could you see your pieces being maybe enhanced by a digital component? Like if you were to take one of your your physical paintings or drawings, mm-hmm. do you see uh, any benefit or potential interest in in having that um, drawing? embedded with a little bit of digital technology somehow to make it i don't know stand out or do something more than it is do you think it's possible do you think it'll happen i can't think of a digital component being added without the paper element being eliminated and it being moved Mm -hmm. to a screen like i really love watching drawing videos i could watch those all day you know and it's just just the line yeah yeah. um and i have done quite a few things where I've been fading faces one over the other and you can see bits of one person coming through and stuff like that but my my small mind can't seem to not separate in terms of drawing yeah. and a page yeah. and then a screen yeah I'm not opposed to one or the other but I can't get <laughs> um somewhere where it joins in my head so let me ask a question so drawing on an iPad what does that? What is the difference between drawing on an iPad and drawing on a piece of paper? Do you think? I don't think really a lot. I think it's a different medium that you have to get used to. I think if you're used to drawing on paper and used to that traction, yeah, and you think you can automatically transfer that to a screen and be like, the screen does it all. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. And I do. I work for an artist as well, and we do a lot of stuff on Illustrator, and people yeah, yeah. are like, oh, so the computer draws in. It's like, no, <laughs> you t- tell you what, you you hold the mouse. And you do it. Then if the computer does it, and it's just instructions that you give it, you you do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think use whatever medium you've got. Yeah. It's just again that thing of if you draw something on an iPad, is the end goal to then eventually print it out and have a print? In that case it's like the opposite of drawing something and then showing it to someone on the screen. Mm, mm. That, again that sort of cycle of everything going yeah, yeah. round and round. Yeah. Which I think is a, a pretty cool theme actually. What what about this one then? So okay, let's imagine that we have a screen. Mm-hmm. It could be an iPad type screen hanging on a wall. Mm-hmm. And you already have it. Like if you have family photos, you know, the one where you can, you know, have your photos on a little screen and then it changes every 10 <laughs> seconds and stuff like that. Do you think your your artwork could be displayed in such a manner? Or do you think yes. you'd lose something? I think I wouldn't like it on one screen. I think if I was going to have it, I'd have a lot of screens. The same amount of images and they wouldn't, and they'd just move from one to the other. Not moves, and they'd be on a rotation, but at a different time. So you'd still see everything you were supposed to at the same time. And maybe not all even at the same time. It wouldn't suddenly go click and it would change just yeah. one by one. That kind of thing would be good. 
Why do you think that would be? Uh, uh, why do you think that would be good? Because it, I really like. Um, I I really love drawing stuff in books. I've got so many little sketchbooks, and I really like that moment where you hand it to someone and they can look through it. And this is one way I thought: how do you get the book idea across by having the pages framed in that butterfly way? But if it was a screen, and you, it's sort of. I'm very bad at just selecting one thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a way you could have everything and you could keep it moving like you'd have to move through pages. Sliding left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting because um, it just as a reflection, I know we're sort of getting towards the the, the end here, um, but I, I do think, especially the book format, I'm, I'm fascinated by, not just from a uh, art point of view, but you know, generally you have Kindle now on books and yes, I personally believe it loses some of its magic because you have... 10,000 books on your Kindle edition and you're like, well, what am I going to read now? I have so many options. It becomes like the Netflix of books mm. uh, and you keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. But I think there's a fundamental difference, however, between artwork, writing and, you know, obviously entertainment like film and movie. Like if I were to scroll and look at beautiful, beautiful artwork on my iPad, I do agree that would be a tendency for you to want to go quick because it's just a nature, you know, you tend to move mm. quick on your iPhone. Yeah. So I would be really interested in seeing eventually, will there be some sort of medium where you could potentially have that, you know, it could be an iPad or something like that, but the, the, it makes you want to stop and maybe reflect longer on what you're seeing. Maybe it, it has a, 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 an extended experience somehow. If it's, it could be static and not move, but would there be maybe enhancements or something you could add a layer on top of the existing painting that would allow you to get an even further experience with it using that technology that brings it into you? Things like that would be an interesting angle, especially because you grew up on books as well. How can we transfer that? Mm. And I think that, yeah, what you were saying about what do you want a viewer to experience and I think it's that moment of yeah just just enough to stop someone but not in a loud way yeah in like a kind of oh what, what's over here kind of way and in terms of digital ways of doing that it's um it's a little bit outside of my what my brain's been up to with all let's see where it goes though yeah now we're at the end and uh, as always when I, uh, I I close off one of these uh, these lovely interviews Mm -hmm. I tend to close it off with, with a piece of advice. Okay. So, if you were to give one piece of advice to a... Oh, I thought you were going to give me a oh, piece no, of advice. Oh, no, I wanted something from you. I was getting ready. I talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could give me some advice, not me, but listeners, let's imagine that you have a budding artist in front of you and they want to get into the world of creation. Mm-hmm. What would your one piece of advice be for them to, to get into working in the arts? I would say don't let anyone force you to over-intellectualize what you're doing. If you love doing it, I think there's a reason for that and you don't need to question it too much. Or you can question it after you've made work, but don't let questioning it stop you from making something. That would be my piece of advice. I think that's a beautiful ending. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. I hope I haven't gone off topic or ramble too much i think it was excellent so okay. thank you very much <laughs> thank you and uh have a great sunday with uh, the presentation oh yes i hope it goes well thank you thanks hey everyone hansa the creator of the show 
thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want more, just uh, click next and uh, enjoy the next episode. Uh, I also want to give a big thank you to the Wimbledon Art Studios for making this happen. Uh, thank you for the collaboration and uh, enjoy. Enjoy.